everybody. Welcome back to the Bold and Virtuous podcast. I'm your host, Denisa. And today I want to start by reading out two incredible scriptures. 1 John 4.1 Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And 1 Samuel 16.7 But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Okay, so I wanted to start with these beautiful verses because today we're looking at a very important and exciting topic, as well as a a question that is very, very common in the Christian world, especially for us girls, but for guys as well. And that question is, how do I know if he is the one or if she's the one, but we're looking at he. So how do I know if this guy that has shown up in my life that I really like, that seems kind of nice, that seems kind of good. How do I know if he is the one that the Lord has for me? And that is a question that uh, many of us Christians tend to find ourselves asking uh, at some point in our lives. And I've met many people, many couples that have been married and single people and people that are dating that do admit that they have found themselves in a place in their lives where they asked themselves and especially asked God this question. And it's it's always gone in various different ways, so it's not always the very same answer. However, I do want to look at the premise of what this question means and how we can go about answering it or finding the answer for ourselves. So first of all, I just want to make a little disclaimer that when I say the one, um, I don't fully believe in the fact that God has one person for everybody um, that would suggest soulmates. And I don't necessarily believe in that, but I do believe that the Lord has certain options for you. I do believe that the Lord prepares in advance ways in which you can find specific people that will be good for you. Um, But I think that there are options because the reason I say that is because I've met many people that would, I don't know, would end up, for example, moving country just out of the blue, meeting someone, uh, having a really great relationship with them, but then that person ends up, um, I don't know, moving away and they, the relationship breaks and that person, you know, that girl is sad and miserable and thinks I've lost the one that I was meant to be with. And um, as it turns out, a few years later, she meets someone else and she's happier than ever. So that sort of situation can happen a lot of times. So this is what I mean by options. I think that the Lord gives us options and that we are also able to choose. So first of all, the way that if a friend uh, comes to me and says, hey, I have this crush on, and somebody actually did recently, and she told me that she has this guy that she really likes, uh, he seems to have some good qualities, and he doesn't. she doesn't know if he is the one, if you will. Um, and the first answer that I would give personally from experience and from what I've learned is, look at God's promises for you. Okay, so we can find some amazing Christian guys out there. Praise God, there are still some living and alive and roaming the earth. Hallelujah. Um, But 
just because you meet someone who is nice and who is great, um, it doesn't always mean that you are completely compatible. Of course, you have to have things in common. You have to have things that work for you, things that balance you both out. And you need to know to you need to get to know each other. You need to see that you would work together, and of course, that God is in between that because you could meet someone great. And God could say, no, this, I don't want you to be with this person. And you may never find out why, but God knows better. That's why it's important to still put him in the decision. Again, I'm not trying to say that if you make the mistake of one relationship, that that's it. And I'm going to look at a story in the Bible that clearly shows that. But first of all, I want to start with from a personal point of view. And what do I mean by that? So I was looking through my um, marriage diary. And yes, I have a marriage diary. Um, I've been, I started writing it quite a few years ago, over five years. And it was when I really started to become fascinated by marriage because at first I was very afraid of it. But then the Lord and the Holy Spirit started working on me and making me see that there are many things that I misconstrued and misunderstood uh, about marriage. And I started learning about it. The Lord started speaking to me about it and about my future husband and so on. So I started writing these things down. Uh, just this morning, actually, I was reading through this diary and I found this little passage that happened to me a few years ago and I totally forgot about it. This is why it's good to write these things down. So basically what happened, hashtag story time here. So I had I had just moved to Spain uh, where I lived for three years. So I just moved there. But before going, I had this experience uh, where I went to Israel in Jerusalem and I went to the garden tomb. That's basically where they say that Jesus was buried and was resurrected from. And that place was so filled with the Holy Spirit because there are churches and Christian people that come there every single day. And there's constant prayer and worship. So that place is just filled with the Holy Spirit. It's such a beautiful presence. If you're ever in Israel, I definitely recommend it. But I was in the garden tomb and I was walking about and I was just talking to the Lord. Uh, I was really nervous because I was just, I was about a, a month away from going to Spain. And I was asking the Lord, Jesus, what what do you have for me there? And at this point, I was already ready or so I thought for marriage and I was excited and I I wanted to start my relationship and I asked God I said Lord what do I do where where do I go um and is my husband uh going to be in Spain you know I I was really really curious about that so I asked him and I was just sitting about I was on this little uh, bridge bit and this lady suddenly walks up to me and she smiles at me. She's got the sweetest uh, aura about her, the smile and everything. And um, she then turns to me all of a sudden and says, hey, are you from Spain? And I looked at her, albeit completely shocked by the fact that she was even mentioning Spain when I had just talked to God about it. And I said, no, I'm not. I would love to be Spanish. And she explained to me, she said that she was Latin and she spoke, she started speaking in Spanish a little bit, but at the time I, I didn't know much. So I was like, please stick to English. And um, she told me how she was from Argentina or Colombia, some, somewhere about there. And she said, I don't know why, but I just, I saw this um, 
this vision about you being connected to Spain. And um, I hadn't told her that I was moving to Spain. I hadn't told her anything. Remember, this was a total stranger. And she said to me, are you married? She asked. And I said, no, no, I'm not. And then she said, I don't know why, but I have a feeling that you're going to marry a, a Spanish man. I, I, I don't know. I see you with a Spanish man as a husband. And I was just gobsmacked. Um, I literally wanted to just fall on the floor and start crying and laughing and just freaking out all at the same time. And she says, um, I don't know why, but I see this. And as as we were talking a little more, she, she kept confirming and saying over and over again. She said, yep, I'm definitely sure. I'm definitely sure your husband's going to be Spanish. I'm definitely sure of it. And I said, I don't know. I don't know how much of this is true. I don't know. I don't know you, obviously. So I was just, you know, taking in as much as I as I could at the time. And but I was so excited because what she was saying to me was kind of in implying that I might that I will most likely meet my husband in Spain because hello, he's Spanish. <laughs> um so I give her a big hug through all the tears and everything. I ran, I um you know, I told my family and so on and uh, obviously, some time passed, and I wrote this down, and I took it with a pinch of salt because, uh, like I read in the beginning of this podcast in First John four one, we need to make sure that we test every spirit, uh, that we we test every prophecy, every vision, everything that we receive from people. We need to test it. We need to um, compare it to the Word of God. We need to see that it fits with who God is, who we know Him to be. And of course, that it fits with the truth. So I was doing that. And um, I'll be honest, I wasn't, I can't say that I ever got a full on 100% confirmation that this prophetic word, if you will, was true. I never received anything from the Lord. I prayed on it. I fasted. But nothing necessarily obvious came back. Um, I just wrote it in my diary and I thought, if it does happen, then this will be an amazing um, kind of like preparation that the Lord gave me. And if it doesn't happen, then I know that, you know, that lady was just, you know, wanting me to be happy or something. She had a very, very sweet and caring heart. And she saw, because I explained to her that I really wanted to be married. And then when she heard that, she she would say it again and again. Oh, yes, you'll definitely marry. You'll definitely marry a Spanish guy. So some time passed, I moved to Spain and I've been there for a couple of weeks, nothing crazy, just in the first month. And I ended up going to this English church at first um, because they, they speak English and Spanish because I didn't know any Spanish and I really needed to feel at home. Uh, and suddenly I meet this guy, let's call him Rob. So I meet this guy uh, who goes to this church and we start talking, uh, we bond very, very quickly. He was really lovely. He fits so many attributes of what I'd been praying for, of what I was hoping for. And I was like stunned. I was like, no way. Like I had, I've just gotten here and that's it. My husband is already here. Like I already met him and I was absolutely like, I, I'm telling you, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. I was already so excited by the fact that everything was coming to pass, if you will, just as God, you know, seemingly had told me. 
So uh, after a couple of days, I, I calmed down and I went to the Lord and I said, God, look, I love, I love who this guy is, but I was being honest with myself and with him and we need to make sure we do that. Um, but the problem, the only issue I had was I was not attracted to him at all, uh, physically speaking. Even though he was such a lovely guy, he was shorter than me. And I'm a tall girl, okay? I'm five foot six, seven. Uh, and, you know, when a, a guy is shorter than me, it just it drives me crazy because I always feel really big next to them. Again, he was just not my type. There was nothing wrong with him. He was a very handsome guy, but I just could not see myself with him physically speaking. And I spoke to the Lord and I said, Jesus, what is going on? Why am I not attracted to this guy? If, if he's the one, then why why can't I get past this? You know, it was really irritating me because I, I thought I don't want to say no to a guy that God's prepared for me just because of something as stupid as physical appearance, you know, like in First Samuel, you know, the Lord judges on the heart. So I was trying to, to you know, judge him on his heart and on his character and not what he looked like. So I, I sit there and I'm talking to God and... As I was going through all of these questions and all these problems of, is he the one, is he not? The first thing that the Lord said to me was, remember my promises. And he just kept saying that. The Holy Spirit just kept reminding me, remember my promises, remember my promises. And I sat there kind of taking that in and really receiving what it is that the Lord was giving to me and everything that the Lord had been telling me about my husband, because I told you the Lord was speaking to me about him. He he reminded me and he had told me that he would he would give me someone that was far beyond my expectations. And this 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 man, Rob, as as nice as he was, I wouldn't say he was beyond my expectation. If anything, he hit them just right. So I thought something doesn't fit here. And then I saw a vision that was really fascinating. And I saw a small snake's head coming out of a small hole in the wall. Um, and it was like the wall was carved into a flower. Uh, so there was a wall. It, it looked like a flower. It was beautiful. But a snake was coming out of its hole, out of, out of its center. And the snake's head was coming out and it was literally charged, ready to bite. So if I had gotten too close, it would have eat, immediately hurt me. And then the Holy Spirit interpreted this beautiful vision and told me exactly what it was. Even though being in a relationship with Rob would have been seemingly beautiful like that flower, at the heart of it, at the very center it was not healthy. It was something that would hurt and, and, and ache me. And more importantly, even more than that, what it was was the snake we know very well is associated with, you know, the devil in, in, the, in the Garden of Eden uh, with the liar in particular. Uh, snakes are, are associated with deceiving, uh, a deceiving character and spirit. And in that moment, I realized that the enemy was trying to lure me into this seemingly beautiful thing, only to lie to me and to keep me away from what God had for me. And then I saw another vision where I saw myself on this long pathway in this garden, and I was going to the end, and I needed to get to the very, very end of the pathway. I knew that much. But in my way, suddenly there was this um, kind of like little fence 
made of flowers, kind of like a bush, you know, it was kind of like knee level, it wasn't very high, but it was completely covering the path. So the only way to get past it was to jump over it. Um, or I could have stopped right there. And again, how beautiful is this? The Lord confirmed again for me that the enemy wanted me to stop at the very first gate, the very first flower um, fence that I found and not go any further. But when I looked ahead, because I could see very clearly, there were there was still a long way to go of this pathway. It was not over. This was not the destination and certainly not, uh, you know, the best that I could find. So I decided to jump over it and go ahead. And then I saw that there were a few more fences coming up, um, but I could not see where the destination was. And why am I sharing all this with you guys? Because I think it's so beautiful the way the Lord speaks to us. And he, he the Holy Spirit just put it perfectly in a much better and more inventive and imaginative way imaginative way than I could have ever done. Um, so the idea for anyone still confused, the idea of the fences and the flowers was that, um, for example, the, the fence that I was facing that had blocked my way, this was Rob. The one right next to me was Rob, the one that was at my knee level. And the Lord told me to jump over it, to not get involved and to not get stuck there but to jump over and to go ahead because this was not the end, meaning this was not my husband. The Lord still had a pathway for me to go. And there were some other fences um, made of flowers. And it's true because I'll be honest, after Rob, I did meet, uh, I think, two or three other guys that, again, had potential. I didn't date them or anything, but we got to know each other. We became good friends. I even had a few feelings and crushes or whatever, but nothing ever happened because, again, the Lord confirmed you need to jump over this fence as well. And if each fence was beautiful in its own way, but I was not, it was not where I was meant to stop. And the reason I want to share that with you is because be careful in choosing the one, if you will, um, because the standards and the promises that the Lord has for you is something that you should really keep in, in mind when you are looking at the person that you found or that you are facing. For example, let's say that you have a guy who you really like, just like I had Rob, and you think, oh, this fits everything that the Lord has told me. But does he, you know? And yes, for me, what made me confused about Rob was, uh, you know, that I wasn't attracted to him. But for you, it may not be that. It may, it may be that maybe his faith is not as strong, or maybe... Uh, he believes something that is very different to what you normally believe and you are not sure if you can make that work or uh, maybe he has a history that you're not comfortable with and you don't know if you can truly get past that. You know, all these things matter. The way that we that we first initially feel about that person is very important and it's something we should pay attention to. Um, you know, when we have restrictions and hesitations about that person, do not... Do not shove them aside and think, oh, uh, it doesn't matter. He's a good guy. I'll just go for it. A lot of girls I've noticed do that because they just want to be dating or they just want to be married and they will shove aside any red flags that come their way because they just want to go ahead and, and get their ring on their finger and put on that wedding dress and, and do their thing. And, you know, the Lord is not someone who will push you into a plan and into a relationship 
that will harm you. Just like this, um, that that vision that I had with the snake, you know, on one side, it, it could have represented the relationship that we had that it may have seemed beautiful, but it would have eventually hurt me. But of course, it also represented that the deceiver was trying to distract me and keep me from where God was, you know, is, is aiming for me to go. So we have to be very aware. Just again, like the like First uh, John 4 says, who is speaking to you? You have to test every prophecy. And you may ask me, that lady from the, uh, the garden tomb in Israel who told me I was going to marry a Spanish guy, did I do that? No, three years passed by. I never met my husband in Spain. I came back to the UK and I'm still single, guys. And I'm happy with it. You know, do I know for sure? Like I said, I wasn't really 100% sure that that word was from the Lord. And maybe it was and maybe it wasn't. I mean, you know, the technically hasn't been fulfilled yet. When I'm married, I will ask my husband, hey, are you Spanish? And then I'll know for sure. But just because he, let's say he is Spanish, you know, there was nothing about it that told me, oh, uh, your husband is in Spain. She just told me that he has, you know, Spanish descent and that he speaks Spanish. So who knows? That prophecy can still be fulfilled. I'm not denying it. But what I'm trying to say is it did not happen as I expected. So if things are not moving ahead as you expected to, do not try to rush things and do not try to turn things into your favor because you think, oh, this is what should happen. That's kind of like taking over God's role in our love story and becoming the matchmaker of our own love story. And I don't know about you, but I never want to do that. I always call God my matchmaker. And on the other side also, I should mention that when you meet that person, um, of course, you have to analyze and look at his character, look at his um, values uh, and so on and so forth. That's obvious. And that's another whole other podcast. You want it to be someone who has the attributes of a godly man, you know, David's heart for God from the Bible, the obedience of Moses, um, the, the perseverance of Boaz, the heart for the truth and the morality of Joseph. All those things are things that we should look for in men but at the same time we should not hold them to some sort of ridiculous expectation because they are human and they will get better as as they date as they marry you know again most men actually become so much more the husband or that you're looking for once they get married you know that not everyone will be completely ready and fully polished on their wedding day. And even if they are, there is still much more to grow in as you enter into that relationship. So we need to be open-minded. We need to trust the process and we need to make sure that I think the important thing is don't trust your feelings and emotions. Again, I have a lot of friends who always come to me and say, oh, I love this guy. He's so sweet. He's so nice. I think he's the one but God hadn't told them anything. They just want to hear that. They're like, please, God, tell me he's the one. Please tell me, please tell me. They don't even ask him, Jesus, is he the one? They just tell him. They just, it's almost like they tell God what to say. And you, you can't, we can't do that. You know, it's, it's God. He knows what the answer is. So be open-minded, open your mind to what it is that God may say and be open-minded to the fact that the Lord may say no, but trust that it will be for the best. Don't, and at the same time, 
you don't want to string anyone along. If you know that this person is not the one, if the Lord has confirmed to you, no, just like the Lord confirmed to me that Rob was not the one. He told me this man is clearly not who he has for me. What did I do? Did I continue to, you know, uh, meet with him and do everything as, as um, often as I did before? No, I kept in touch and I was polite and I was kind. But I saw him mostly in groups after that. I didn't see him, you know, um, I didn't go for coffee with him like before. I didn't, you know, uh, I just didn't want to spend personal and private time with him because I wanted to, him to see that my intention was not to start a dating relationship. So it's important that we are intentional and that we do not string the guy along. It's not fair, you know. And the last thing I'll say before I close is, as I mentioned before, when I was talking about the one, um, what is interesting is that in Ruth and Boaz, for example, we know very well that Ruth is first married and then her husband dies, then she moves to Israel from Moab, and then she remarries and marries Boaz, who ends up being her husband, the one to whom she gives birth to Obed, to Jess, and then Jesse comes out, and then David, the line of David, which also holds the line of Jesus. So this woman is an incredible, incredible aspect, right, of, of the line of the Lord. But you could say she was married before Boaz and then he died and then she remarried again. So this is what I mean by the whole the one thing is that um, it's not always as expected and the Lord has a bigger plan than we think. No matter how you know complicated things may seem or what kind of history we've had, it is good to know that the Lord can turn even the most complicated situations into good. And another thing we learn from Ruth is that if he's not here yet, I'm speaking to anyone who is single and who wants to hear about this question for the future kind of thing. The important thing is in this waiting season, if you will, to kind of be like Ruth. We need to, to, to do exactly what Ruth did. She remained obedient. She remained faithful to Naomi, to um, the family line. She came to Israel and acted as an Israelite. She took God, of the God of Israel, as her God, even though that was not the God of her heritage. She changed everything in order to be obedient to Naomi and to what she promised as a daughter-in-law. Um, and what she does is she then goes forth and acts and remains in the will of the Lord uh, when she starts working in Boaz's field and, and then Boaz sees her. So it's all in the Lord's timing and perfect plan. So I'd say just make sure in the meantime, pray for protection from distraction. Um, because again, like in my example with my vision and Rob, the enemy can send guys that will distract you or that will make you think this is it you have to stop here at this fence whereas you know there is so much more on the other side and you can just do a little hop and jump over it you know you don't have to stop right here uh, it's the idea of not limiting God you know it's asking him for for the best for you I'm not talking about a perfect man and I'm certainly not talking about a, a man who will never disappoint you or who will never hurt you or never insult you. He will do all of that. Let's be honest. They're men. They are human. And we will do that too. We're, we're human and we're flawed as well. 
But what we need to remember is to have standards, to have morals, but to be patient and to make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure that we do not prioritize and idolize this man more than than the Lord and put him above our Jesus, above our Prince Charming, who will always and is Jesus Christ. He is our eternal source of love and he is the, the, the man who fits all of our expectations and more. He is the one who provides. He's the strong one who never lets us down. He's the one who loves us to the moon and back, who will die for us again and again and, and who did die for us. He is the one who knows how to help us and how to bless us. So make sure that you do not use man to try and replace God and make sure that you go to God for the things that truly fulfill and fill your soul and that you do not go for, to man for that because that will be an expectation of your husband or your potential husband that he will never be able to fit and it will become very exhausting for him and for you too to constantly live in disappointment. So let me just pray us out. Dear Lord Jesus, I really pray that over all of my sisters. I pray that you help us, Jesus, to really understand what it means to find a husband, to understand what it means to so-called find the one. But more importantly, God, help us to really learn to use this time of waiting uh, in, in the most wise and God-centered way, Jesus. I pray that you are in the center of each and every one of our relationships or if each and every one of our potential relationships or um, our waiting seasons as well. And in the name of Jesus, I speak confidence, I speak faith and motivation over all my listeners that you help us to truly believe and trust in your promises and to know, God, that you have a good, good thing for us. So let every every sister listening to this, if they're doubtful or disappointed or getting tired of waiting, I pray that you encourage them, Jesus, that you hug them in this moment and help them to know that you see their pain, you cry with them, Jesus, and that you know what you are doing. And I pray that you help us all to wait and trust in your perfect work because when it all comes together, it will be worth it. It will be worth it. It will be worth it. In the name of Jesus, amen. This was a lot longer than I thought, but there was a lot to say. And honestly, I didn't even get through all my notes. I still had so many more notes that I wanted to talk about, but I hope this helped in some way. I really enjoy talking about these topics. I hope that it encouraged you and that you are lifted and guided. I hope that it gave you some sort of wisdom, some sort of understanding a little more and I can't wait to continue this topic and all forms of topics in this beautiful podcast. Thank you so much. Be blessed in all your relationships, in all your future relationships, your singleness, your waiting period, and continue to strive forward as that bold and virtuous woman. God bless you all. Bye, guys.